We're so glad that you're here. I know it's full this morning. So let me go ahead and say two things. First of all, if you looked around, we need more children's ministry workers. Um, you will get an email this week informing you that we need more children's ministry workers. We waited until today to mention it. Specifically, we need some folks to help out in children's worship. So uh, an email will come out about that this week. And if you have any interest, we need to know that. Uh, because, listen, last Sunday there were 55 children in our children's ministry in life group. I don't know how many are here for worship. There are 55 in life group. Not adult leaders, 55 kids. There were 59 teenagers last Sunday in life group. Um, uh, I, 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 we have more than that today. So we probably had, I was told that we had 61 or 62 teenagers, and we probably had 65 children this morning because everybody shows up for children's, ministry, children's Sunday. It doesn't happen, okay? So I'm not up here to guilt anybody. Guilt doesn't get us very far. What I want you to do is to look at the future that's standing in front of you and to, take, to, to make a, a, an, an, an intentional effort to invest in that future, okay? Uh, we need you. So uh, you looked around, you saw the people that were standing up, and I'm so grateful for them. But if we're not careful, they're going to all get wore out, and then we won't have, we won't have what we need. So uh, when that email comes out, y'all pray about the way that you might be able to participate and respond, and we will get you in touch with somebody that can help you figure out what the next steps can be for you, okay? Um, but again, so that's the first thing. The second thing I was going to tell you is it's not going to be long before we're coming uh, before you with a plan for uh, an expansion of all the things that are happening here. So remember how full you are today, because we're going to need you to write checks in just a little while. So I just want to remind you of all that. Some of y'all laugh because y'all think it's a great idea. Others of y'all like, that's why we're visiting today, so we could get money. Yes, that's why we have you here. No, that's not. We're just thankful that you're here today. All right, let me give you three, four little pieces of uh, housekeeping, and then we're going to jump straight into the message. My name's Craig, by the way, and I'm the pastor here, and I'm so thankful that you're here with us. Today is different. Normally, our children leave and go to children's worship on Sunday mornings, and so we're going to feel a little bit packed, which means that my sermon is not quite as long as normal. So you're welcome. All right, uh, a few things. Uh, the Tailgate Fellowship, we, 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 we messed up on some things. We, it, it came out announced for this evening. That makes no sense for us to do a luncheon today and then that tonight. That's been moved to next Sunday night. And if you don't know what that is, we'll just invite you to come at, uh, I think, 5 o'clock next Sunday evening. Bring your car or your truck and park out there. You bring your own food and we'll just play in the yard and have a good time. Uh, we'll give you some more details about that in emails and stuff this week. There is a children's ministry luncheon immediately following service this morning. So if you have a kid in children's ministry or if you've helped in children's ministry, we'd love for you to stay and eat. Uh, plenty of food back there, so please do that. There is a Gen 180 parent meeting immediately following service. If you have a rising sixth grader that is fixing to move into the student ministry, I know that you're going to want to get back there and eat. We want you to, uh, but Adam needs to give you a little bit of information. So um, we're going to allow you to practice Jesus' encouragement to, for the last to be first and first to be last. So we're going to let everybody else get ahead of you uh, for meal today. And then finally, there is a men's fellowship this coming Saturday morning. There's information about that that's going out in the emails. Uh, it's going to be at Brian Garbade's uh, place. If you have any questions, you can ask him. But breakfast and skeet shooting and all sorts of fun things. So there were invitations in life group boxes. If you have questions about that, honest and truly, there's, there's probably a man on your road that can give you some information about what that will look like. So uh, we'd love to have you be a part of that. All right. Having said those things, we're going to be in the book of Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 19. We're just going to read four verses this morning. 
I'm going to ask you to stand with me in honor of God's word. Stretch those legs. All right, here we go. For some days, he, this is the Apostle Paul, for some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem? Of those who called upon his name, and has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Let's pray together. Father God, help us to hear from your word and to be changed and challenged by it, Lord God. Get us off the sidelines, Lord God. Help us to be participatory in all things you have. In Christ's name, amen. Please be seated. All right, I've asked a couple of guys to come up here and help me this morning. Up there, up there, up there. All right. This is a real dangerous move for me to have both of them on stage with me. All right? Okay. We thought we, we had some other folks who were supposed to do this, so these guys have absolutely no idea what they're doing. I just called them up. Beth, you can come too. Come on. You'll be great. You'll be great at this, I can tell. It's going to be great. All right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, children like object lessons, so we're going to have an object lesson today. All right? Do not hurt anybody. Is that clear? Y'all got it? Right? Okay. So here's what I think. I think that I can give you guys a few instructions and that y'all can actually do what I want you to do. Okay? You ready? All right. I'm going to turn the mic. been working hard. I think we've got this thing licked, okay? Y'all are going to want to just be aware of what's happening. Um, if you are slow with your reflexes, you might want to lean down, all right? Adam, we might need you to protect somebody. I don't know who, all right? All right, so everybody got your job? You know what you're supposed to do? All right, you ready? One, two, three, go for it. Oh, we did it! Yes, look at that. All right, now. All right, Beth. What was your job? Well, say it loud. To hit that door. What was your job, Sloan? Hit that door. Okay, good. What was your job, Caleb? To hit that door. All right, so if I bring somebody else up here, do you think you can teach them your job? I mean, you just learned it. Depends on the person, Beth says. She needs to know if they can throw. <laughs> it's valid. If you bring your dad up here, could you teach him to do it, you think? Right? But maybe not your mom. Careful. Careful. <laughs> All right. Good job, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Go. All right. Those were clean tennis balls, okay? I just opened them this morning, so we didn't do anything bad. Um, here's what I want you to understand. It took me... Like two, it took me longer to tell them not to hurt anybody than it did for me to tell them what they were supposed to do. I'm, I'm looking at you, Caleb, honestly. Let's just be honest. Uh, like I've seen Caleb and Sloan play wiffle ball or in, in my front yard, and I needed to make sure that they didn't break a window in here. Beth is kinder than they are, so I didn't worry too much about it. Um, but it took me longer to tell them not to hurt somebody 
than it ever did tell them what to do. And, and, and just that fast, they could have taught somebody else what to do. As a matter of fact, most of y'all could come up here and do what they did without me even giving you any further instructions at this point, couldn't you? Teaching you to do that next thing is really not that hard. I, I want to ask you this question this morning. Who are you teaching? Who are you teaching? We find ourselves in this story with the Apostle Paul this morning. The Apostle Paul has just become a Christian. He just got saved, right? The Bible says he spent a few days with the disciples at Damascus. And then if you'll keep reading in verse 20, it says, Immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying he is the Son of God. He didn't wait. The Bible says that immediately he began proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues. Here on this Children's Sunday, I want to know who are you teaching? Because you've all got a story to tell. And if, if you paid attention, we've got a whole lot of people that need to be taught right here inside of this church family. So who are you teaching? Three things I want us to see this morning. The first thing is there's no time like the present. There's no time like the present. When I stand up here and I say, hey, we need children's ministry workers, there's some of y'all that just started shaking. Oh, I can't do that. I can't teach. Tell me this. At what point do you think you'll actually be, have enough knowledge to teach somebody something? So about a year ago, I got trained in scuba. Uh, listen, I'm not diving alone tomorrow or next week or probably even next year. I'm, I'm, I don't claim to be an expert or really even good at it, okay? But here's what I, can, here's what I know. I, I could teach you, if you don't know anything, I can tell you how to put a mask on. I can do that. I, I can tell you how to breathe through a regulator. I can even tell you what the challenges that I faced were, the weird claustrophobia that you get when you're underwater. I, I, I can tell you about that. And I don't know anything, you understand? But I know a little bit. Some of y'all are worried that you don't know enough to tell somebody about Jesus. How much do you think you need to know before you can tell somebody about Jesus? Like, is there a special threshold out there somewhere that you pass a certain test and then it's okay? Let me encourage you this morning. Don't allow the fear of what you don't know to keep you from sharing what you do know. Don't allow the fear of what you don't know to keep you from sharing what you do know. The Bible says the Apostle Paul went and proclaimed Jesus. When should you start telling somebody about Jesus? How about now? How about now? I mean, honestly, let me, let me tell you something about telling people about Jesus. It's going to always be scary until you do it the first time. And it's probably going to be scary the second time and the third time. And if you're taking it seriously, let me tell you something else. You might be 25 years into your role as a follower of Jesus and still a lot of times feel like you don't have all the answers. When I graduated college, I sat with one of my professors. He and I went to, to, to lunch. And uh, he said, you're fixing to graduate, Craig. What, what do you think? What, what, what would you say you've learned? And I said, I... I honestly have more questions today than I did when I arrived. And he looked at me and he said, then I've done my job. I've done my job. If you have more questions and more wonder about the world around you than you did four years ago, then I've done my job. The deeper you fall into Jesus, the more questions you're going to have. The more you're going to realize that you don't understand. And so here's the problem. If you said, I'm not going to tell somebody about Jesus until I know more, three months from now, if you're studying the Word of God, you're going to find out three months from now you're going to have just as many questions as you do today. You're going to have a few more answers, but you're going to have more questions. You probably have more questions than you did 
because you're going to read some things and it's going to just click in your head and you're going to, man, I can't even wrap my brain around that. You're going to sit around sometime and you're going to kind of contemplate the Trinity and it's going to blow your mind. You didn't think about that before you knew Jesus. But after you began studying God's Word, you found out that you waded into it a little bit and then there was a cliff on the other side that you didn't see. You ever done that? You're wading out in the ocean, boom, boom, and then next thing you know, you're over your head. The Bible's like that a lot of times. But if you're afraid to tell somebody today, you might find yourself in over your head and then terrified. Folks, let me encourage you. You can always know more or do better. We always want to be better prepared to share Jesus, but sometimes we just have to cut bait and fish. Do y'all know what that saying means? Some of y'all don't know. So if you are catching your own bait fish before you're going to go fishing, let's just say that you, you, you're going, uh, what are we going to fish for today, Adam? Striper? Striper fishing? All right, you're, gonna, you're catching your own bait fish. So you said you left home and you said, I'm going to go catch striper. But let's just say something wild happens. You get into a school and you start casting net to catch bait. And you're just pulling in bait fish by the bucket loads. And it's exciting because you got all these fish coming in. And at some point you realize you've been catching bait fish for an hour and a half or two hours. They said, why are you still sitting there? Because I'm catching all these bait fish. Well, here's the problem. You didn't come here to catch bait. You came here to fish. There comes a point in time where you got to stop messing with the bait. you got to get ready to go and catch the fish that you came for. Sometimes our, our, our relationship with Jesus is like that. We're still out there trying to catch bait. We're still out there trying to do all this stuff. And at some point, we just got to say, you know what? I'll figure some more out tomorrow, but today I'm going to get to work. There's no time like the present for you to begin teaching somebody something. If you've been a Christian for more than about 27 minutes, then you know something that a non-believer doesn't know. You know that Jesus is enough, don't you? There's no time like the present. The second thing this morning, Jesus will always be the right answer. Any of y'all grow up in Sunday school? Right? You did. And you know what I'm talking about. The teacher asked the question and you were too busy talking to your friend. And so you didn't hear the question, but then she saw that you were talking to your friend and she said, Craig, what, what is the answer to the question? And you, being a smart aleck like Craig was at that age, you just blurt out, Jesus! Why do we blurt out Jesus? Because you got about an 80% chance of being right, you know? Like, where did Moses get water from? Well, the answer technically is the rock. But you say Jesus, and guess what? We go, oh, well, yeah, you, you're right, because Jesus is the, the rock. Moses got water out of it. I can't, can't go wrong. It's like, who led Israel out of Egypt? You, you, the teacher's looking for Moses, but then you say Jesus, and you go, well, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of right. Who wrestled with Jacob or fed Elijah or walked on the water? And it's always Jesus. He's a safe answer. You know, Paul was not embarrassed to proclaim Jesus. Paul was kind of a one-trick pony when it came to this stuff. Just over and over and over again. When he gets to Corinth and they're questioning his status as an apostle, he says, man, I didn't come telling y'all anything fancy. Matter of fact, what I proclaimed was foolishness to the world around me, but it's the power of God to all who are being saved. I just came and I just proclaimed the cross. See, when Paul finished with the disciples right there in Damascus and immediately went out and began proclaiming the gospel, you know what he probably didn't know anything about? He probably didn't fully understand the Trinity. He probably couldn't eloquently explain substitutionary atonement. He may not have known about the virgin birth yet. He probably did not have a developed understanding of the Lord's Supper. But the Bible doesn't say he talked about those things. 
The Bible says immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues saying he is the son of God. What did he do? He just went out and started talking about Jesus. Jesus is always the right answer. Look, the world needs Jesus. Christians need to know more about Jesus. But the world needs Jesus. We get caught up in all the things that we, we can know about Jesus and we want to know. The more I know about Christ, the more I can love the Lord, the more I can be committed to the Lord, the more I can follow the Lord. You understand? All those things are 187% true. But your unsaved neighbor doesn't need for you to give them a careful exposition on substitutionary atonement or on the Trinity or on why transubstantiation is not a biblical model. Some of y'all are going, what does that even mean? Exactly. They don't need to know that. Do you know what they need to know? God loves you, and Jesus came and died on the cross to save you from your sins. That's all. That's what they need. We'll figure out the rest later. You understand? I put these kids up, on, up here on stage, and I gave them a tennis ball. Now, if we were trying to teach them to do anything else, we would need to give them more. But the first thing they need to know to do is how to throw a ball. And if it's simple, throw the ball at the door, then they throw the ball at the door. Now, if they had a second try, we might urge them to aim a little better. We might urge them to throw it on a better line. We might even do something crazy like get y'all out of the way so that when they throw the ball, nobody has to get hurt. You understand there's a lot that we can add to it. But when it's all said and done, there was a very simple instruction. Throw the ball at the door. What in the world do we complicate Jesus so much? The world needs Jesus. And listen, all these kids in here, they need Jesus. And they're getting Jesus. We celebrate that. Jesus is the answer. He's the answer to our sin, our shame, our hurt, our loneliness. Jesus is the answer to our anger, our depression, and our fear. He's the answer and he's enough. And look, you don't need to be embarrassed about that. You don't need to be embarrassed about it that he's enough i'm proud that you can use big words that's awesome great that you've dug into a deeper understanding of the theology of the trinity fantastic but nothing matters more than jesus let's never forget that third this morning i want you to know that y'all can grow together who are you teaching listen all these kids around here that need to be taught about jesus Y'all can grow together. When kids are born, they don't come with a manual. Do y'all know that? There is no greater on-the-job training than parenting. When my kids were born, they didn't all come with an individualized growth plan. You understand? It's not like, all right, so when Brooklyn is this age, she's going to do this, and this is how you should respond. Or when Sloan does this, this is what you should do. Or, hey, when Wyatt is 14, then you know that everybody else is going to be behind him. Or when Aubrey does it, we didn't get any of that. You know what they got? They hand you a kid, they give you some paperwork and a bill. That's what you get when you get a kid. And they keep costing you money from now on. Kids, y'all are expensive. Inflation. Listen, our growth in Jesus is some on-the-job training as well. Some of you are worried about how you... Parents, listen to me. I, I really want to take just a minute to speak to you parents who have children at home. You're terrified about how you're going to teach your kids about Jesus because you don't know enough. Call me. Email me. Here's what I will do. I will make this super easy. 
If you've got elementary school kids, especially preschool kids, I'm going to recommend a children's Bible to you. And that children's Bible that you can read to your kids. And guess what? When you read it, you're going to learn something with them. And it's okay. Y'all, there are children's Bibles that are written so well that I have been brought to tears as I read them with my kids. Me, with all the education I have, and here I am in a puddle reading a children's Bible with my kids. Listen, the only reason you can't teach your kids is because you're not trying. And I don't mean that to be ugly, like I'm not picking on you. I want to give you that as encouragement. If you'll try, you can get there, right? And, and, and watch this. If you say, Pastor Craig, I'd love to do that, but I just can't afford the $12 for that Bible. I probably have one here that I will give you before you leave today. We want to put these things in your hands. Because what I know is that there's no greater way to learn something than to teach it. There's no greater way. Teaching will always be a learning experience. Don't worry if you don't know everything. All these kids in here, and when I say kids right now, I mean from 18 down to zero. All these kids in here, and how many of them are there? By the way, keep in mind, there's probably 130 or 140 kids from 18 and under in here right now. You can bank on this. On a Sunday morning in worship, at least 30% of our congregation, actually it's a third usually. It's usually at least 33% of our congregation is 18 or under. Right? They're okay with you not having all the answers. If you'll just be honest with them. They're okay with you not having all the answers. If you'll just take the time with them. If you'll sit down with them. I don't know. Buster, I think, left. Uh, he didn't actually leave. He's back there trying to help get the food ready. But when, when my kids were super little, I was so grateful for Buster Morris. Because he's raised two sons that love Jesus. And now he's got grandkids that love Jesus. And I love to hear him and, and Miss Charlotte. But I spent so much time with Buster and I said, man, how, how do you get there? He said, I am a colossal failure half the time of my life. He said, but my kids saw me try. He said, and in God's grace, I think that God really just covers up a lot of the mistakes that we make as parents when our kids see us putting in the effort to raise them to know the Lord and to be committed to the things of the Lord. Parents, I want to encourage you. You can do this. You can do this. You don't have to farm out all of the education for these kids on Miss Rhonda and on Mr. Robert and all these other people that stand up in front of you. We're grateful for them, but parents, we need you. You can do it. Don't be afraid. When you teach, you learn the material you're teaching even better. When you teach someone about Jesus or the Bible, you grow in your understanding about Jesus. Which brings us to about as much as our children can handle in one Sunday morning. Guys, they've been great. And I don't want y'all to miss that, but I, I, I bet you that they're patient enough to hear one more thing from me. You got to know Jesus before you can teach someone about Jesus. You don't have to know a lot about Jesus before you can teach somebody about Jesus, but you got to know him. See, this morning I, I, I wrestled with that question, who are you teaching? But before we can get there, some of you need to answer this question, do you know him? Do you know him? Maybe the reason you're not telling anybody about Jesus is because you don't know Jesus. Why don't you know the Lord today? 
I want to run back to our passage of Scripture here. The Bible says that Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews. As Paul preached, as he taught, he grew in his understanding. Okay? But what's really interesting for me is we go all the way back to verse 19 there. It says, For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying he is the Son of God. Now, the Bible says that he got to the work of this immediately and immediately was teaching people at a high level about Jesus. And I got to thinking about that this week. I said, what in the world would enable Paul to be able to, to, to become almost an immediate expert on Jesus as soon as he got saved? I suspect the reason Paul was able to become an almost immediate expert about Jesus as soon as he got saved was this. Paul already knew all the right answers. The only reason Paul hadn't given his life to Jesus was not because Paul had not been told about Jesus, not because Paul had not been taught about Jesus, not because Paul wasn't even convinced about Jesus, but because Paul refused to surrender to Jesus. Listen to me. Some of you aren't teaching people about Jesus because you don't know Jesus. But the reason you don't know Jesus is because you like your sin too much to know Jesus. I'm a pastor, you know that, but being a pastor creates a really weird set of relationships for me. Now, none of y'all, I hope, are this way, but a lot of times conversations are very different before I walk into a room and when I walk into a room. Now, I've got a gym at my house now, so I don't, I don't work out in public gym anymore, but I, I used to do it a lot. It was always awesome to me that I could walk into an area in a gym and all of a sudden, like it was so loud, and the minute I walked in, it got stone quiet. Now, it didn't always happen that way. For a long time, I kept, I was like a superhero. That's what I like to think of myself as. Um, and I, I kept my true identity a secret. So I worked out all the way over in Lugoff where, you know, we don't, if, if you're from Lugoff, I mean, we're, we're thankful that you're here, but I mean, let's just be honest, it's a little weird, right? Like the fact that we would cross the river back and forth makes everybody a little uncomfortable. You drive all the way over there. No, but, but I mean, honestly, I used, to, I used to work out in Lugoff and I would drive across the river and it was weird because a lot of people would just, you know, 10 minutes from here didn't have any idea who I was. And for a long time, I was able to keep that as a secret. The dude I worked out with knew who I was, but nobody else did. And I was honest with him. I said, like, man, don't, don't, just don't mention it. I have a, I, I, I'm able to minister to a lot more people when they don't know who I am because they're honest with me. Boy, they used to tell me some horrible things. And then all of a sudden, one day, the truth leaked out. I'll never forget it. It was the craziest thing. This guy is sitting beside me on a bench. We are side by side. We're working out. And he is just spouting the most vile, horrible things. And then I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work my way. I've been trying to work on this guy. He needed a lot of help, you understand? And I kid you not, somebody says something about, oh, you're the pastor at Malvern Hill. And I said, yes, I am. And this guy, y'all, he stopped dead in his tracks. He sits up on the bench. He said, I didn't know you were a pastor. I said, yeah. He said, Man, I sure would love it if you pray for me. I got some things I've really been struggling through here lately. The guy looking, not amen, it wasn't like that, no. This was like king of hypocrisy, right? That dude didn't talk to me anymore after that. He wasn't mad at me. 
Here's the, the facts, though. He was not interested in living the life that I stood for. Some of y'all haven't given your life to Jesus. And it's not because you don't know that Jesus is the answer. It's because you believe if you give your life to Jesus, you've got to lose your swagger. You know, Jesus is okay for the pastor, but that ain't the life I want to live. Well, Jesus is okay for them and, and, and maybe for everybody else, but it ain't the life that I want. Let me tell you something. Your kids need you to love Jesus. Your grandkids need you to love Jesus. And you're the one that has to make the decision. The reason the Apostle Paul could become an almost immediate expert on Jesus is because Paul already knew all the right answers. He just didn't have the right heart. Some of you showed up here today and you got all the right answers. You got the wrong heart. See, the heart you walked in was this. Well, I'm going to come in and I'm going to see this thing happen today. But when I leave, I'm going to be the same guy or the same gal when I walked in as when I walk out. Here's what I want to challenge you to do today. To consider that maybe Jesus brought you here because he didn't want you to leave the same. Maybe Jesus brought you here because you've not been a spiritual leader in your home. And today needs to be the day you change. Maybe Jesus brought you here so that you could hear somebody say it's as easy as reading the children's Bible to your kids. That's a start. Maybe Jesus has you here because that's what he wants to give you, a brand new start, a new life. It's Children's Sunday. It's awesome. You know why? Because Jesus said that we've got to have faith like a child. Now, he didn't just say that, by the way. He, he used an object lesson. We do those with kids, but Jesus did it with everybody. And when his disciples wouldn't let the kids get close to Jesus, because here's what the disciples were afraid of. They were afraid that if all the kids got in there, then Jesus' ministry would lose respectability. And, and these were dudes. And they were like, well, we don't want like this kids thing. We're... We're in for the big boy stuff. And Jesus brings a child in, lets that kid sit up on his leg, and Jesus says, this is the kind of faith it takes to follow me. Some of you didn't check your pride at the door, and that's okay. You walked in here rebellious against the things of the Lord. That's okay. I'm really glad you're here. But here's what I'd like. I'd like you to check your pride at your seat and give your life to Jesus today. I'd love to see a parent in this room today to take their first step in leading their kids toward Jesus by giving their heart to Jesus today. It would be incredible if there was a parent here today who took the first step in leading their kids toward Jesus by planting their face on this altar before the Lord and praying for their children today. Final thing. Our kids heard me say this to them on Wednesday, but I want y'all to hear me say this. We don't put our kids up here to show them off. What our kids heard on Wednesday was that they weren't performing for y'all. They were participating in worship. They were helping to lead in worship. 
It's Children's Sunday, and we want to recognize our children. But this book is true from zero to 108. And the gospel of Jesus is applicable to all of you. My guess is that the Lord brought some of you here on Children's Sunday to break your pride. To challenge you to step out and to trust Him on a day when it was about kids. To see if you would have faith like a child. We're going to sing in just a minute. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, please do not let this day pass without giving your heart to Jesus. I would love to pray with you. Men, I want to speak specifically to you. Some of you swaggered in here and you're going to swagger out and you'll coach baseball or you'll coach football. You'll teach them how to shoot, but you hadn't taught them how to love Jesus. There's only one thing you can give your children that matters for all of eternity. Some of you are trying to get your kids a baseball scholarship when you need to be getting them a scholarship to heaven. Some of you worried about getting them a sports scholarship when you need to be worried about whether or not they've got a place in the Lamb's book of life. Today needs to be day of repentance and salvation for some parents here today. You know what else is cool? I know that it's been a day of salvation for some of our children and young people. And today they're going to respond today as well. As the Lord leads would you be obedient to Christ? The Apostle Paul wasn't embarrassed for Jesus to be all he had. You don't need to be embarrassed for Jesus to be everything you need. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you for loving us. I thank you for these kids, parents, grandparents that are gathered in this room. Father, you give us children for so many reasons, but one of the reasons is to teach us what it looks like to follow you. May we learn from our kids even as we seek to teach them, God, the things of the Lord. Be with us as we sing. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all stand with us this morning.